I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in at capegunworks.com to click on the Rapid Fire icon and be a part of the conversation as we go live every week. And you can also call into our Rapid Fire line at 508-444-2120. You can also text the Rapid Fire line, which is 508-444-2120. And you can also leave a voicemail message if we aren't broadcasting live when you call. So that's 508-444-2120 if you want to be a part of the show in any one of those three ways. Remember to like us and subscribe also on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble, and we are now on Truth Social. So you're going to have to tune in, like, subscribe, comment, share, all that good stuff. Give us some thumbs up and likes and retweets and reposts and everything else so we can defeat the evil algorithm who is trying to keep the little man down here, the little gun dealers down, and uh, want to make sure that our content doesn't get out there. In fact, along those lines, all of a sudden our Twitter has started to blow up a little bit. Like, we never used to do much at all on Twitter, but Elon Musk buys it, and all of a sudden we start seeing a lot more activity on our Twitter feed. It's surprising. Um, it's, it's almost like we were being shadow banned, and now all of a sudden... They're burning the uh, evidence or something like that. But it's interesting. Um, it's interesting, uh, you know, how that happens when you get some fresh leadership in there. And I wonder if Elon Musk is going to burn the whole thing down and rebuild it. Uh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank was saying um, Musk needs to fire everybody, you know, <laughs> Just come in and level a place. Just raise it to the ground and uh, fire everybody and start fresh. And it almost seems that way. Like half the company, it almost seems from their all hands on deck meeting, were like, uh, you know, they're in tears. They're, you know, threatening to move to Canada and cancel their Twitter account, like the usual nonsense and gibberish we see. But um, anyway, it's it's just one of those things that, uh, it's fun to uh, see what's going on out there. And uh, when you get one billionaire who puts his money where his mouth is and decides that he's sick of the shadow banning and, and sick of the censorship by big tech and everything else, and all of a sudden, to him, it's not about the money. It's about the principle. And he believes that the cornerstone of society is free speech. It also begs another question where you see... The erosion, well, it depends on which way you look at it. There's been an erosion of the Second Amendment from when it was introduced by our founding fathers during the Declaration of Independence. 
There's also been a late restoration of some of our rights, which we talked about at length last show with uh, Rob Pincus even, about how, like, you know, it was 20 years ago, and there was one constitutional carry state. Well, we just celebrated the 25th constitutional carry state in Georgia. And there's another three or four threatening to become constitutional carry states. So that is a restoration of freedom in over half the country. Whereas there was one point where there was 13 states where you could not get a permit in any way, shape, or form to carry a gun. And that included Texas. And you think about, what? Really? Like, yeah, when I first started carrying a gun, Texas, you could not carry a gun. It was just, it was not possible. So we've seen some restoration of our rights. There's a lot of work to go, though. If you think about how much infringement has happened over the past 100 years, we still have a long way to go. 508-444-2120 is the live phone number to call into Rapid Fire. You can also text your question to 508-444-2120, and we have a team of people standing by to process your call or text. Uh, When we're not broadcasting, you can leave a recorded voicemail message. If you include your first name, your location, and your question, we will try at every turn to get you on the show or uh, try to get you to um, your question answered live on the air. So, um, but yeah, so we have a long way to go, but we do have a lot of wins in the last few years, right? And it begs the question, as the Second Amendment has become restricted from its original intent, does it really, in fact, protect all the other rights? Like now, all of a sudden, we see people like Hillary Clinton and uh, Obama recently calling for more governmental censorship in the social media platforms. And the most ironic statement that they make is the fact that they say, uh, making sure that there's not disinformation on social media is pivotal for our democracy so in other words what they're saying is if you're allowed to say or think how you feel unencumbered by censors or the ministry of truth that is a threat to our democracy i think it's a threat to a certain uh ideology But I don't see that as a threat to democracy. I think, you know, like the Bible says, what's done in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. So lies always come out as lies, right? Sometimes it takes a while. But for the most part, if you're saying lies over and over and over and over, even like take the, and I'm not trying to get political with this show. This is not a political talk show. This is about gun control. But you look at the years of the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion hoax that, um, you know, Adam Schiff was very much saying. And then even when the Hunter Biden laptop story broke and they came out and said, um, oh, just more Russia, Russia, Russia. that even came up in a debate with a presidential debate. Oh, that's just Russia. There was 60, uh, you know, three letter agency guys that said that's more Russia, Russia, Russia. So. When you have all that uh, being pumped down people's throats and eventually it's proven false, 
guess what? The truth gets out there. Truth wins. Truth always wins. It's because it's the light. Truth is the light, and it shines in the darkness. It's easy to see the light in the darkness. But anyway, I digress. I've gotten way off the track here. But the reason I said all that was to say this. If it wasn't for the Second Amendment, what would all the other enumerated and constitutional rights look like in our country? Uh, because once you take away the the tyrant checker, if you will, the thing that keeps tyrants in check, which is uh, the Second Amendment, which is why they hate it so much, um, then what's to stop them from taking away your Fourth Amendment? To say, oh, you can't plead the Fifth. To say, oh, you know... The First Amendment is out the door. If you're not a, if your church isn't government approved, if you know it doesn't fit the the narrative, if you don't, um, you know, and we've come very close to that in certain instances, especially with the 501c3. Uh, but anyway, that's a whole nother show and then a whole nother topic. This is about guns today. We're going to talk about guns. Go to capegunworks.com and use this week's special discount code, and you got to keep it a secret. It's just for our radio listeners. It's Shotgun to get a special discount on your order. This is a special treat for our radio and podcast listeners. Use code SHOTGUN at capegunworks.com to get a special discount, even on a shotgun if you want one. All right, we will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets out to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and this is your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. If you want to be a part of the show, make sure you give us a call at 508-444-2120. That is the phone number to reach us if we are not broadcasting. At the moment, you can leave a message. Just leave your first name, your location, and what your question is. You can also text the Rapid Fire line at 508-444-2120. And we are joined 
right now with Jeff from Arizona. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call, Toby. I appreciate it. My pleasure. How's it going today, and what is your question? Well, my question is involving the Second Amendment. After being a law enforcement officer, I was a police officer for 36 years. Oh, thank you for your service. Uh, the Second Amendment came up quite a bit uh, from people that I came into contact with on the street, uh, from friends, and and they're good questions. And that is specifically, what is your perspective? And I'm soliciting your perspective on what you believe the Second Amendment really means yeah no that's a great question what uh and i've i've got into this before on the show but i i genuinely believe think where it was rooted in the you know history okay you have the shot heard around the world i'm from massachusetts as you know and concord and lexington and you know the british going towards the uh the colonists and what were they doing they were headed there to take their guns and their ammo and their powder. And they were there to seize it. And that's kind of where the line in the sand was. They, you know, things were boiling over. There was going to be a fight at some point. So the British knew, hey, we got to disarm them so that we can impose um, our British colon- uh, uh, colonialist rule over them and they can continue to be a colony of Great Britain. But the people were done with the the rule of the king and they said no we're going to form our own country so they shot them let's i don't know who pulled the trigger first right it was either the british or it was the uh the patriots i'm not sure but at the it reached the point where it didn't come down to putting food on the table it didn't come down to being able to defend themselves against you know evil criminal activity it came down to putting the tyrant in check that is the original reason, the, the, the outflow of those reasons. Uh, I mean, the benefit of that decision is that we can put food on our table and we can defend ourselves against evil. But I think the original intent of it was, you know, to send them back across the pond where they came from. And, you know, we had a, we had a formation of a brand new country. And honestly, that was a very risky move understanding human nature because human nature loves power and when we get into power we don't like to give it up and so to say that the power is going to be of the people for the people and by the people and needing to give people the power to defend themselves against tyranny ever rising to power again that was you know a pretty radical radical thing to do so that's my opinion of why we have the second amendment and I think it's fairly rooted in history and fact but and logic. And I'm thankful. And, you know, along those lines, it's pretty funny, uh, Jeff, but I saw a meme last week of what a lot of women would do if they got a time machine. And it shows, like, some girl going back in time and visiting her grandmother and saying, hey, I'm your granddaughter. And they're saying, wow, that's amazing. And then it shows a bunch of guys going back to our founding fathers and saying, hey, Put this in writing so that a five-year-old can understand it. You know what I mean? Like the Second Amendment. Write it so a five-year-old can understand it. Because even as clear as it is, it's still up for debate. Here we are 200 and some years later. Right. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you say when it says – I have the Constitution right here. It mm-hmm. says a well-regulated militia mm-hmm. being necessary uh, to the security of a free state. 
state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, that last sentence, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, is pretty straightforward as far as I'm concerned. Right. So if I own a firearm, the government is not become, is not going to become taking it away. Right. But what do they mean by the well-regulated militia, which I can only assume from the Revolutionary War were the were the men who rose up against the British. Yeah, I and mean, that was the that was the reserve army at the time. If you think about it, you right? Know, they, right. I think if one of our guys here at the shop is a historian and a you know one of our appraisers, he he actually had a gun that we were selling, and he says this is one of the regular rifles or the non-regular rifles. I can't remember the exact terminology, but he said, when you join the militia, this is what they would give you. And it was like, they would give you a gun to take home and put in your house and have it at the ready. And, you know, just by joining the militia. So, um, yeah, there was a time in our history when that was, um, the, the most economical way of having our, you know, security force, if you will, or our military, um, now with the the military the way it is, I don't know that the militia quote unquote is still part of it, but I guess it would be. I mean, I don't think that a lot of people in this country would sit idly by and watch an invasion happen of our country without getting involved in some way, uh, shape, or form. But obviously, the second part has been put to bed finally by the Supreme Court when it says uh, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And under that Heller and McDonald uh, case, they further defined it and they took it as a broad uh, scope to say, like, whatever is common and ordinary at the time is the ordinance or the or the weapon that is allowed to be to have, you know, for the people to have. And that's dictated by the citizenry, not by the government. So you you take like the AR-15, for instance, that's the most popular rifle in America. That is what is common and ordinary in use. So that is what is able to be owned and, and, you know, protected under the second amendment. So, um, I mean, again, that's all my opinion, but I feel it's, it's rooted in fact rather than just emotion and, and the Supreme court's decisions even recently, but yeah. Until the Democrats get their way, and they pack the Supreme Court with everybody that feels like they do about guns. And with that question looming, and you have a Supreme Court in the future that so happens to say all guns are illegal, which I don't perceive, but hypothetically, if that were to happen, then what would you see happening? Well, I think there's a certain line at which will not, you know, allowed to be crossed by the people. I think, you know, where that line is in the sand, I don't know. But I think if they were ever to go do do door-to-door roundup of guns, that would probably be a bad situation for our country. Right. Well, back in 1997, I believe it was 1997, the English surrendered their guns. Mm -hmm. And since then, the English have warned the American citizens do not do what we did. Mm. So for all of your listeners out there, whatever you do, don't ever surrender your gun. Amen to that. Thank you for the call, Jeff. I really appreciate your insight. That was a great call. And uh, I, I amen to that. I, I echo that sentiment. Don't surrender the guns. I think 
you know, I'm not living in some bubble where I think, or some echo chamber, if you will, where I think every gun owner believes this the way I do. I believe there's room under the Second Amendment tent for that spirited debate of what is, what isn't, what you believe, what I believe. I actually recently was at a Christmas party a couple of years ago with a, uh, a gentleman who is a self-proclaimed liberal. He said, look, I am as liberal and left-wing as they come. He goes, but I love my AR-15. <laughs> he goes, but if I'm intellectually honest, I'm not comfortable with other people owning them. And I said, well, thank you for voicing your paradoxical view of your AR-15. And he lives in Texas for half the year and Cape Cod for the other half of the year. So in Texas, he's got AR-15s. He goes out back, shoots them on his farm or his ranch, and he has a ball with it. And he loves it. But he goes, this scares me to death that somebody else is able to own that. So there's that side of the, you know, Second Amendment. Then there's also the, you know, people that believe, um, you know, everyone and anyone should be able to own a gun. And I believe that we all believe in some sort of gun control to a certain extent, okay? Like, I don't want the child rapist... uh, career criminal felon to be able to walk around with a gun. So that proves I am in favor of some infringement upon the rights. But I also believe that certain levels of society surrender their, you know, enumerated rights when they do commit mayhem in a, in the public space and they've decided to take away other people's rights by you know, murder and mayhem. Um, So, you know, there's other constitutional rights that have been infringed upon, like the right to vote, et cetera, by, you know, felons sometimes surrender that depending on what state you're in and, uh, or it's taken from them. They don't willfully surrender it. But so where do you fall on that gun control spectrum? And uh, my buddy said it best once. He's like, are you one of the guys who wants machine gun vending machines in the elementary school? No, you're probably not, right? So at some point, we're okay with some infringement. But I'm not in favor of it, for the most part, on just about everything for law-abiding, responsible gun owners. So anyway, more after this. Uh, remember to use this week's discount code SHOTGUN at capegunworks.com to get a special discount on your web orders. That's code SHOTGUN. So go over to capegunworks.com right now to get your special discount code. This is Rapid Fire, and we will be right back. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. 
The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and this is your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And, uh, you know, that question by Jeff was a very good question. Um, There's a lot of people in ignorance around the Second Amendment. I remember growing up when I first started getting into guns, and the first time I kind of was met with some sort of uh, resistance to the idea of private gun ownership people saying oh it's just for the militia and i'm like what the heck's a militia you know i was a young teenager and i didn't even know what it was at the time but then uh as i read into it more and more and i remember seeing courts even doing battle over the nuance of the english language with uh you know different articles and punctuation and everything else and trying i'm thinking imagine it coming all down to some punctuation or some you know grammatical discussion about the second amendment and it shows the brilliance of our founding fathers when you think about it because these were not these were brilliant men and they had really thought it through um it's as far as i'm concerned it's one of the best documents history has ever produced uh is our bill of rights and our you know um constitution it is just expertly written and i know there was a lot of uh pain and anguish in the whole process and i think it was benjamin franklin at one point actually said gentlemen we need to pray because we're not getting anywhere and this is and we need divine intervention and a lot of these guys were deists they didn't even believe in the power of prayer they believed god set the thing in motion and that was it it was going to happen whether it did or not but they all joined together and for the common goal, and got it done, and produced, in my opinion, the most amazing document of any world government, or, uh, you know, it is a experiment in freedom. And we reap the rewards and the benefits of that here over 200 years later, which is not a great or easy, I mean, not an easy thing to do. Most uh, democracies have failed in the first, you know, couple hundred years. So, um, yeah, there you have it. But the fact that we can uh, keep and bear arms, I think, has preserved us longer than most. So uh, it also gives dignity to every citizen or every resident alien of our country. 
because we don't live in a society where the elite have a different set of rules. I, this is all in theory. I know in practicality that this does happen to a certain extent. But in theory, it gives dignity to the poor, to the to those who don't have the means to defend themselves, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but there you go. There you have it. It's brilliant. And I'm a, I'm a grateful recipient and grateful to have been born in the greatest country in the greatest time the world has ever seen. So is there a lot of work to be done? Absolutely. But here's the thing. I think guns are a cornerstone issue. Because even if you don't, you know, identify as left, right, or center, where you, what you feel about the Second Amendment is a potential watershed moment. If your eyes are opened, like like we've seen in the last two years with a lot of people who never had any desire to get a, a gun or, you know, learn how to shoot or to have one in the house, who have all of a sudden decided to now all of a sudden they they realize the restrictions that have been imposed and how far our right has eroded this is that moment that is the aha the light bulb turning on moment and they uh, they are now enlightened if you will to the to the fact of how restricted their rights have become they've believed the memes and the and the articles and the op-ed pieces that said it's easier to get a gun than a library book. Or it's easier to find a gun than it is to get a fresh apple. I re- how many remember that one sign uh, some lady had? Uh, apples are uh, harder to get than a gun. And it's like, oh my Lord. So the, nice. people, so the people who've come in in the last couple of years to buy a gun are all of a sudden like, uh, I'm here to get my library book. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, okay. You got about three months before you get your library book. And they're like, what? But anyway, um, yeah. So as I said before the break, we're all willing to suffer some sort of inconvenience and, you know, uh, some sort of infringement, if you will. But frankly, uh, we got a long way to go to get back to where we were when the uh, Constitution was originally written. Um I do believe that people should have their rights restored after they've paid their debt to society if they are a nonviolent, you know, felon. Uh, there's no reason some, uh, you know, guy who got a OUI when he was 17 years old can't buy a gun at 45 years old. That's ridiculous. And uh, I do believe that they should have their rights restored. So um, anyway, uh, let's get to some of your questions. Uh, Tom wants to know hammer versus striker. And uh, I think he's baiting me in to try to break the internet here. So um, I do believe that striker fired is a better tool for the job if its primary use is defensive purposes. If you want to shoot competition or you want a cool range gun or you want to get into the novelty and nuance of collecting, you know, historic guns, then it doesn't really matter. But I think that modern striker fired guns are inherently more accurate, easy to use and uh, simpler and cheaper to buy. So therefore they, in my opinion, hold the, the, uh, 
the edge over a hammer-fired gun. Um, and uh, But if you're into cool guns and beautifully made, handcrafted firearms, I'm not against getting a, a really nice you know, hammer-fired gun as well. But I do believe they're a more efficient tool for what I would consider a defensive pistol. Um, just like, you know, I've said it, I've used the analogy many times uh, when I first started building houses. We were just on the verge of going to nail guns for just about everything, but we hadn't quite got there, and we would still nail off plywood by hand. We would nail some small wall sections together with by hand. We would build all the girt you know, in the, in the basement before we put them on the lolly columns out of, uh, you know, nail all those together by hand. And, um, nowadays everything's done with a nail gun. They're more efficient. They, uh, they're high capacity (laughs) and they, uh, they fire nails a lot quicker and they make the job a little better. Uh, well, not better. I would say uh, everything nailed together by hand might be better quality, but, um, there you go. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mike says he uh, recently placed an order for a 1911 frame from Caspian for a custom pistol build. What is the proper way to send it to Mass and uh, out of state gunsmith to be? Uh, so yeah, you just ship it into. Uh, you can send it to whatever gun store you want, and they can do the do the transfer for you on that frame. Five zero eight four 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 twenty one twenty is the live phone number if you want to call as we record today. Or you can also text your questions to 508-444-2120. You can leave a message if we're not not live in broadcasting. um, And your name, your your location, and your question. And we will air it when we go live the very next week. So we try to get to everyone's questions. So, uh, you know, that's something we're going to do for you. Um, Speaking of the constitutional carry... Uh, I saw that Stacey Abrams has vowed to end constitutional carry if she becomes governor. So they are, have become the 25th state uh, to be constitutional carry. And now Stacey Abrams is already upset about it and saying she vows to end it if, um, if she becomes governor. And I'm like, man, oh, man, talk about one way of shooting yourself in the foot before your campaign even has started. Uh, is to threaten to take away something that was hard fought and won in <laughs> in Georgia. So I don't think we'll be uh, seeing a uh, landslide victory for Stacey Abrams as far as uh, her feeling is on the constitutional carry. She might pull a Beto O'Rourke, though, and say, hey, uh, I was just kidding when I said I'm coming for your AK-47s and your AR-15s. I'm really not interested in taking guns away. But then he flip-flopped back and said, yeah, we need to take care of, you know, assault weapons and blah, blah, blah. So um, I think this is something that hits a little closer to home for us in Massachusetts, too. If you think about it, this election cycle uh, for governor, we have a couple of choices here. Um, There's couple of Republicans, we did just come out and endorse Jeff Deal and his campaign as a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. He uh, voted against the red flag laws that came up in Massachusetts. And uh, I know he's got a license to carry and he's been down at our shop and shot on our range. We hosted a fundraiser for him when he ran it uh, for Senate against Elizabeth Warren. 
But he's running against Maura Healy, who is the attorney general, and she has made guns a big issue in her tenure as as attorney general. The last attorney general to run a gubernatorial campaign on the platform of wanting to further restrict people's gun rights failed miserably. That was Luther Scott Harshbarger. He, in fact, wanted to take it so far as to ban semi-automatics, but Maura Healy's not far from that. In fact, the whole assault weapons ban enforcement notice that she has uh, really pushed on us as of 2017, and really she's enforcing the 94 assault weapons ban in a way that was never enforced in the almost 20 years we've lived under it in Massachusetts and the 10 years that the whole country lived under it from 20, uh, 2004 to 20, I'm sorry, 94 to 2004. Um, so that 10 year period, the entire country lived under this and they couldn't point, and this is a big, you know, talking point for Joe Biden that he did it before he's going to do it again. He banned assault weapons and high capacity magazines And then it sunsetted 10 years later because it didn't reduce violent crime at all. It didn't make anyone safer. All it did was further restrict the law-abiding, responsible gun owner. And so it failed miserably. It went to the scrapyard of bad ideas where Maury Healy's enforcement notice should go. We have a special treat for the women listening. May is Lady Shooters Month here at Cape Gunworks, and we have a special First Shots course for ladies only. If you've been thinking about getting your gun license or you would like to try shooting for the first time, go on capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar to sign up for a ladies only First Shots, May 7th and 21st. We got Alessandro from the PDN Network next. You don't want to miss out. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your 2A talk show about all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. And speaking of self-defense, we have Alessandro Padovani on the on the line with us today, who is one of the PDN Tour 
instructors. How are you today, Alessandro? Oh, I'm doing well, man. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. I'm really glad to have you. And um, just for our listeners' sake, Alessandro, why don't you tell everybody what it is you do and what you've been up to lately and what you're going to be doing on the PDN training tour? Sounds good. Thank you. So, uh, well, I'm, I uh, live out in California, and uh, I've been a uh, defensive shooting instructor for, like, uh, probably around 12 years now. Uh, and uh, as part of the tour, I'm going to be teaching uh, from empty hands to knife to pistol and carabine. Uh, there's going to be a, a, a few women person protection classes. I have a couple of active shooter response classes, and then uh, uh, the pistol knife and the bread and butter of uh, pistol and carabine with the IDS uh, curriculum. Nice. Well, when you say you're a You've been an instructor for IDS for 12 years. That I think you're selling yourself a little short. He is one of the senior instructors for the ICE training uh, out there. He's actually one of the guys who's certified to teach instructors. So you're technically a training counselor. So that's been exciting. And I got to train with you uh, probably five, six years ago now out in Colorado. Um, so tell us a little bit about the Safer Defense, uh, you know, model that you have with the knife fighting we talked about getting you out here for a knife fighting class one day uh what what's involved in that well uh thank you man so yeah i've been involved with the ic training uh uh you know for for, for quite some time working on developing some program with everybody else like the reality based training instructor development the active shooter response and it's been a really really uh fun and 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 good trip because you know, just like you, we, we, we surround ourselves with people that inspire us to, to, to be better, do better. And, and you know, it, it, it's definitely a, a very interesting side of, of things. Uh, for my own company called Safer Faster Defense, I've been basically trying to, uh, um, you know, spread and share the, the, the training with people that uh, uh, are looking for it, right? And, and a particular note, especially for our listeners, you know, I'm also... Uh, the National Director of Training for the Liberal Gun Club. In case anybody is not aware, like, you know, we have Liberal Gun Club, Liberal Gun Owner uh, Club. Uh, so, you know, the Second Amendment is, 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 is a topic that is uh, being discussed and is being defended uh, uh, from both sides of the aisle, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, between training and a little uh, activism, uh, you know, life is pretty busy. Nice. That's great. So what are some of the classes? What's one of the classes you got coming up for the PDN training tour? Uh, so I just actually taught uh, my Cyber Fast and Night Defense class uh, Sunday, last Sunday, okay. this past Sunday in, in L.A. And the next one, uh, I'm going to have a intuitive pistol and intuitive carabine um, in June uh, near home. And then I'm going to do... Uh, Another weekend uh, of pistol and carabine in LA, uh, and then going back to Reno for some women's personal protection seminars and some more knife defense stuff. Awesome! And I think one one of the one of the things that I really want to that I really try to drive and, and develop, including the classes, is that the mindset, right? So it's not just about the, the the skills or the techniques, if you will. It's really about developing through a, a proper a training protocols. Also developing and improving our mindset, our, our, our willingness to fight back, and our willingness to use violence uh, against people that are trying to hurt us or our loved ones. 
Yeah, well, that's something you definitely got to convince people of these days. But uh, you're doing a great job out there, Alessandro. I really appreciate it. How can people find you if they want to sign up and take one of your classes? Thanks, brother. Uh, so uh, uh, right now, all my classes are listed on the Personal Defense Network training tool. Uh, I think it's pdntraining.com or Personal Defense Network on the website, and you can find all the information. You can sign through there. Uh, and then when the tour stops, I'm going to have more classes on my website. The website is saferfasterdefense.com. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to, uh, uh, you know, follow through and, and, and have some, some classes with a lot of the students and, and helping to prepare them better. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Alessandro. We'll see you next time. We want to thank you for listening to Rapid Fire. If you use this week's code SHOTGUN at CapeGunWorks.com, you will get a special discount on your online order. Go to CapeGunWorks.com and use the code SHOTGUN to get your special discount today. This is Rapid Fire. We will be right back. America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2,300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and I want to thank Alessandro Padovani for joining us from Safer Faster Defense and the PDNTrainingTour.com if you want to get on one of his classes, which I highly recommend. He is one of the best instructors I have ever trained with, and he is overly qualified I mean, the guy really is amazing. So um, I, I would highly recommend taking any of his classes. And I'm really happy that he has really done. Uh, we've been threatening to get him out here for defensive knife, um, but it's worth tra- traveling to wherever he's going to be training to get in one of his classes. He's a phenomenal instructor. Um, so I want to thank him for joining us and good luck on the tour. 
508-444-2120 is the live phone number to call into the rapid fire line. You can also text your question to 508-444-2120 or leave a message when we're not broadcasting. Please include your first name, your location, and your question, and we will get to it whenever we can. And um, so some of the news of the day here, uh, it's been a crazy news week um, that I feel will have impact on gun sales. So we have in the last week seen um, the leak at the Supreme Court, which is something that I had never even heard of happening before. Has it happened before? Maybe but I have never even heard of it happening. And they say this is an unbelievable breach of trust. And I guess it's come down to about 63 people that had this information that could have potentially leaked it. I find it to be the timing of this information to be highly suspect. And I find it really interesting when it was coming on the heels of you know, this whole disinformation uh, governance board and Elon Musk buying Twitter. And uh, this week, the 2000 Mules was set to drop this movie about election integrity, et cetera, et cetera. And this is when it's, you know, come out that this potential overturning of Roe v. Wade was going to happen. And it's almost like um, whoever leaked it was trying to distract America from whatever the issues of the day are and make this election a single uh, issue election, if you will. So it's, if I don't know if you've noticed in the last couple days, there's been zero talk about inflation and high price of fuel. And even though diesel fuel is $6.30 a gallon. And, you know, so it's really taking a sharp focus at, uh, you know, back to this single issue and trying to split the country, uh, split the country right down the middle again and make it, you know, this one issue type of election. Uh, But what happens is it also destabilizes our cities again and, you know, protests going on in D.C. and you're seeing the usual suspects out there uh, chanting and, you know, starting to get physical and pushing and punching and knocking people to the ground and, you know, carrying their signs and uh, trying, you know, there's no doubt it's a polarizing issue. But the bottom line is they're really trying to, uh, you know, they're starting to get more vocal and more, you know, I just hope and pray it doesn't end up with our cities burning again. And so that could be a contributing factor in, uh, in an election year as to whether or not there's another run, if you will, on guns and on, uh, you know, ammunition and, and more people wanting to get armed. Uh, it'll also be interesting to see what the response is to this type of, uh, if it grows violent, I would hope to see uh, a crackdown on it. But if it's peaceful, obviously protesting is not against the law. We, it's part of the first amendment. I fully encourage it in a peaceful way. Um, but it's interesting that it, it, the timing of it all has come out. Um, and I also find it overwhelmingly ironic that after two years of um, 
forcing people to go against their wishes, um, you know, as far as mandates and vaccines and everything else. Uh, now all of a sudden we're back to my body, my choice stuff. But anyway, and, uh, you know, not to get overly political here, cause I know this is a gun show, but, uh, it also redefined what a woman was. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I know I'm waiting in the deep end of the pool here and I'm not trying to make this a, yet another political show. And I know there's oh, plenty of those. My. So I'm going to shut up now and get back. Only reason I bring all that up is what is the impact of this on guns? Because that's what happened um, two years ago with the start of COVID. And then you saw like the the summer of peace out in, uh, you know, Portland, Oregon. And you saw uh, Black Lives Matter and uh, Antifa violence and, you know, occurring. And, and that's what spurred the whole demand for firearms and ammo and whatnot. So will this election year cycle create another kind of buying spree or another uh, pent-up demand, I believe it's softened a little bit. Um, well, I know it's softened a little bit. Being in the industry, I can tell you it's softened. Um, but it's also uh, higher. The demand is still higher than pre-COVID, but it's not quite what it was in the, over the last two years. I mean, it couldn't last forever, right? Or is it the economy has impacted why people aren't, buying as much as they were is it just in the inflation has come home to roost and people are starting to think a little bit more about spending four or five six eight hundred dollars or a thousand dollars on uh ex, you know expenses that are more discretionary it's not like putting home fuel heating fuel in the in the tank or filling up the truck it's it's definitely a discretionary purchase if you've got a gun full of gun uh safe full of guns guns in the safe adding that extra one is really just gonna um add another one but uh it's not gonna make or break you um and i wonder if we are being monitored by the ministry of truth (laughs) will there be some limerick or uh mary poppins song about us someday is the disinformation uh, governance board taking note about my opining of the Second Amendment? Am I a government-approved talk show? Because we're talking about something that's an enumerated right. We're not out in the weeds here. This is the Bill of Rights. This is the Constitution. It's been protected and upheld in courts on and on. So uh, are they taking note, though, and saying, hey, this is another one of those, uh, you know, misinformation or disinformation campaigns? I digress. Um, Anyway, that was rapid fire. (laughs) It went by quick. And I apologize that it wasn't all about guns, but stay tuned for the second hour because I'm going to get to your questions about guns and I have some really cool stuff to talk about. So make sure you tune in and remember that the show ends here, but goes on at capegunworks.com. Click on the rapid fire icon, call or text the rapid fire line 508-444-2120. You can ask your questions, check out some of our online content the end of this show, you're going to want to stay tuned for another episode of Toby Takes on the World. 
freedom will always be on the right side of history. I'm Toby Leary. Don't go away. We will be back. is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. And welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in at capegunworks.com. 
click on rapid fire to join the conversation and now you can call or text the rapid fire line you heard it the rapid fire line at 508-444-2120 that's 508-444-2120 and we would love it if you join us so call or text or leave a message let us know where you're from what your first name is and where your question is Remember to like us on all the social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks at all the big tech, usual big tech. And now we are on Truth Social. So check us out there or wherever you get your social media. So this hour we have with us uh, attorney Keith Langer. And we also have uh, Daryl Haywood, who is running for state Senate. I reserve this hour of the show for a little bit more local uh, content, but we still will be talking news of the day and answering your questions. So you want to stay tuned for that. Um, we were talking before the break about, you know, a lot of the stuff that's breaking news. Will that have an impact on gun sales and upon people who want to get a gun or their permit or their license to carry, et cetera, et cetera, in this next, you know, election year cycle, here we go. It uh, seems like yesterday we were doing this with uh, the presidential election, but now we've got the midterms upon us. So uh, we have the Ministry of Truth, the uh, Disinformation uh, Governance Board, and the Singing Director. Uh, I'm sure you've all seen the clips, and as painful as it is to watch, uh, I know <laughs> I saw this great thing today on Instagram. It was the Babylon Bee. If you don't follow the Babylon Bee, you are seriously missing out. They have some great content, but they showed a guy who was uh, being interrogated and the guy said, what am I doing here? And they said, well, you've been arrested. This is the Ministry of Truth. Ah, excuse me. It's the uh, Disinformation Governance Board. And you have been found to have been uh, partaking in disinformation online. And he's like, that's not true. I said the truth and blah, blah, blah. They said, you did not say the truth. And all of a sudden... Uh, he goes, you're going to say it the way we want you to say it, or else we're going to get you with this. And they start playing the uh, the Mary Poppins song there, uh, the super califragilist. And he's like, no, make it stop, make it stop. Like they're torturing it. Oh, it's hysterical. So check that out on the Babylon Bee. That's nothing to do with this show. It's just a, a freebie I'm passing along. But it'll make your day if you follow the Babylon Bee. But um, anyway, so will this election year cause shortages and more increased demand and a kind of a steadying or a solidification of the higher ammo prices. Gun sale prices have come down quite a bit, so that's a good thing. And uh, we got Mother's Day this weekend. Buy mom something good for Mother's Day. Uh, if you're listening online and you want to buy her something on our website, it's shotgun is the discount code of the week. It'll save you 10% off your whole online purchase. But don't share that around. Keep that between us, all right? That's just for the online listeners. So um, there you have it. Oh, my. Yeah, mom will forever be grateful if you give her something she really wants, like a gift card to Cape Gunworks or an outing at Cape Gunworks or something to that effect. Uh, Second Amendment Foundation filed an amicus brief or amicus brief, depending on how you pronounce that. Uh, I've heard it both ways. In the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, in Hawaii, taking on the uh, Yukatake, I think I'm saying that right, versus Hawaii. And uh, it was a situation where they're challenging the really the 
over their, you know, their gun control. And I thought we had it bad here in Massachusetts, but uh, let me see if I can pull up this story because I'll read to you guys what the um, what the people of Hawaii have to do in order to get a uh, a, a gun in Hawaii. It's pretty amazing. They basically have to um, go down to their local PD and get a permit to purchase. And then once they are issued the permit to purchase, well, once they apply, there's 10 days for a background check to be um, to be done. So they do a background check. Then once the background check is clear, they give them the permit to purchase, which they have five days to go to the local gun store to purchase the gun. And then once they get the gun bought and paid for, they have to bring it to the local PD that they were given the permit to purchase and show it to them for inspection. And if that isn't like a total overstep and a total infringement upon the Second Amendment, I don't know what is. And a appeals oh court God. appeals court found in favor of the plaintiff here and said that uh, they they basically um, have been had their civil rights infringed upon, and no other company would uh, I mean no other right would suffer such infringements. So uh, it's pretty amazing. So. The Second Amendment Foundation uh, weighed in on this lawsuit uh, that challenges the uh, Hawaiian gun, draconian gun control laws, uh, and it's been filed with the Ninth Circuit, so we're going to see how that plays out. Um, it's definitely uh, the provisions in question, a case of malicious compliance with the Constitution. And if it isn't an overt you know, encumbrance to the Second Amendment, I don't know what is. It's very similar to the Massachusetts gun laws, which make you have to get a license to carry in order to buy ammunition, in order to buy ammo components, in order to buy a firearm of any kind or have it or possess it. And then you're still subject to a background check for every time you buy a gun, even after you've jumped through all the hoops and you have guns at home sitting in the safe that you're legally able to own and possess and carry. But every time you go buy a gun, you got to jump through all these hoops again. Not to mention the cost involved in taking the class um, and uh, paying for the permit, asking permission for the right to keep and bear arms. It's crazy. 508-444-2120 is the live phone number to call in to rapid fire. You can also text your question to 508-444-2120. Or leave a message when we are not broadcasting. Please include your first name, location, and question to 508-444-2120. And we will try to get to it. Uh, Speaking of getting to it, um, I will try to get to a couple of your questions here before the break. Um, We have, uh, let's see. uh, Ravenless just got his fourth cheap bastard deal. He must have been listening to the Howie Car Show. Good, Good man. And uh, we just had a deal with them um, go through. And and so uh, that is the best deal going on memberships, that's for sure. Um, and Davey's saying any M79s in stock for when the Russians invade our streets. <laughs> uh, well, I hope that never happens, Davey. And uh, if they do, I think we'll have to all get Egyptian Mahdi AK-47s 
and call ourselves the Wolverines. But I'm dating myself. That was like the anthology of my day. Like, especially for my group of kids growing up. That We used to like dress up like the Wolverines and play in the woods uh, with our stick guns and stuff. So uh, that was a great... Great movie that's not so great when you go back and watch it after the fact. So, anyway, if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes. We have them every week, multiple times a week, including ladies only. Hey, it's May is Ladies Month at Cape Gunworks and couples class June 18th. So, sign up at capegunworks.com. We have Daryl and Haywood next. You don't want to miss out. This is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and join us every week for your only show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, unless and until I decide to go off script and talk about other things like state politics, which we're going to do right now because I have Daryl and Haywood in studio with us, who is running for state senate. Thanks for joining us, Daryl, and how are you? Thank you, Toby. I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate the time. Anytime. I'm really glad uh, you stopped in. And so this gives our let's say constituents, if you will, Uh, the people, the voters of Massachusetts, a chance to hear directly from a candidate who is running. And I always love to give opportunity to candidates candidates who are pro-Second Amendment. So why don't you tell people your background a little bit and tell them who you are and and, uh, what what it is you're running for? I joined the Air National Guard two weeks after I graduated from Falmouth High School in 1984. I was a photographer for a little while, and then I switched over to be a small weapons instructor, which I really loved, outside 38s, 45s, M60 machine guns, XM148 grenade launchers. And that really kind of launched my interest into being a state trooper, and I retired in 2018. 
I was a 25-year veteran of the state police. I honorably retired in September of 2018. I worked undercover narcotics for 10 years here in the Cape, and I retired as a station commander of South Boston, which is a really busy barracks. And uh, I really loved policing and did my best to teach others how to protect our constitutional and civil rights while keeping our citizens safe. Nice. So obviously you're a you're a strong proponent of the Second Amendment. Then I don't think you'd come to a gun store and want to talk to me if you weren't. Absolutely. Maybe you would, but hey. And the invitation's open to anyone who's not and wants to come sit with me and explain to me why you don't like the Constitution of the U.S. But as you just said, you you've been teaching people about the Constitution and you know defending our constitutional rights, and that is one of the jobs of policing and those in the military. Right? You raised your right hand. And you said, I will defend and protect against all foreign and domestic, blah, blah, blah. You know the, you know the thing. <laughs> and so uh, you did that. You stood up and you swore to uphold your oath. And, and uh, I don't doubt that you did that. And like you said, um, you honorably retired. And so thank you for your service. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure most of our listeners do. So. Um, what is one of the big things you're running on right now? What is the big plank of what you want to see changed in government, um, in state government, et cetera? What I really want to see is the people that have some representation. I've noticed when I go around and speak to people that they're afraid to express their opinions one way or the other. And that's in a free society, you know, that just goes against everything that the Constitution stands for. People ha- are allowed to have respectful dissent. And when those rights are blocked and we're blocked on social media or we're not allowed to have an opinion um, on gun rights either way, I think that that's depressing in a society. And we need someone that's willing to stand up and put themselves on the line. And I'm willing to do that. I, I'm happy to do that for people to give them a voice. And I believe in the Constitution. I believe in free speech. I believe in the right to protect yourself. Mm. And I'm, people who don't understand that right to protect yourself aren't informed in my humble opinion. And I think it's very important to understand where those rights come from and that your home is your castle and you should be able to protect yourself and your family by any means that, that you feel necessary with a equal and an equal force coming at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like our rights are constantly being eroded or at the very least there's been a paradigm shift where people think that rights are granted by governments or by elected officials. And nothing could be further from the truth. It was our the brilliance of our founders that acknowledged the rights come from God. And man is the administration or the administer of those rights. And the Bill of Rights and the Constitution uses language like Congress shall make no law and, uh, you know, um, shall not be infringed. And... Uh, these are unalienable. They're not, you can't change them, you can't attach them, you can't take them away. They're not given by man, so they can't be taken by man. And I feel like in this day and age we live in, um, even Joe Biden, you know, stood and said, oh, there's no absolute rights, you know. No right is absolute. Like, you couldn't own cannons, you know, after the Second Amendment was written. And we know that to be nonsense. And the rights are, if they're not granted by man, they can't be taken away from by man. And so I've said all that to say this, like as a senator, a state senator, would you pledge to 
um, say, I will not support any new gun control legislation. I will not support any new gun legislation at all. Yeah. Um, I believe that everyone has a right to bear arms, responsibly, of course, and I think all gun owners want everyone to be responsible. But that is a right that we have and should not be taken away by special interest groups for their, their personal political agenda. Right. We have a constitution for a reason, and as you said, those are God-given rights, and someone needs to be able to stand up for those rights. And, and I believe that people want someone to stand up, and they just don't have the voice to be able to say it. Yeah. And so you're, you're running against Julian Sear, and he obviously is not a you know, gun rights advocate. Let's put it that way. And um, what is the biggest contrast that you see in what you'll be able to do as far as, you know, maybe not even just under the uh, gun rights agenda, but um, as a whole differently that you think people should throw their support behind you that you could really advocate for them on instead of, you know, some of the contrast that maybe the positions he's taken in the past few years versus what they could expect if uh, you're successful in your bid for Senate. Well, one of the things that I've noticed is that Julian, he won't go on the radio. He doesn't answer questions. He doesn't do many interviews. And I think you really need to be accessible to the people to answer their questions, mm-hmm. whether they have a respectful dissent. I believe that you, you owe your time and your attention to represent the people. And I don't know how you can do that if you don't live on the Cape, first of all. I don't know how you can do that if you don't have a mortgage and you don't live here and you don't understand the day-to-day responsibilities that that come with being a responsible citizen here on the Cape. And that's evident now in the controversy over the steamship uh, legislation. It's not so much the legislation, I believe, that the people are against, but the fact that there was no public comment and people want to be involved in their in their laws and in their rules. And I think that's a 100% um, expectation that people should have, that they have representation. And I believe in researching and talking to the people who actually do the job. And you, you, you can't make any sort of decisions until you absolutely know how that's going to affect people. And I think that's one of the differences between um, myself and Senator Sear is that I will work cooperatively and, cooperatively and collaboratively with everyone, and that includes yeah. Democrats, to come to a good middle ground. Mm-hmm. But I will not compromise um, the Constitution or people's rights. So you'll be approachable and accessible. And, you know, that is that is something that I found to be troubling in this state, especially, is it seems like once somebody gets elected to office, <laughs> and this isn't, universal statement it's a general statement it doesn't happen in all cases fortunately for cape cod i think we have some of the most accessible um, legislators in the state you know the, the some of the local ones here are great and phenomenal and they do a really good job of making themselves available but if you look at even like what maura healy did back in uh 2017 on uh, july 20th and basically made a rule change a catastrophic change in my mind i'm sure in her mind she was just enforcing the rules that were already on the books and that's uh the way she's worded it but she has significantly changed the definition of certain uh firearms and weapons and now enforcing them to her new definition there was no public comment period there was no hearings there was no uh proposed um changes coming down the pipe that she wanted impact uh, you know uh wanted 
feedback on. And then the legislature supported her and the governor stood by her and, and no one challenged that authority. And it, it is unbelievable to me that 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 went unchecked. That is power that went unchecked. And I feel like somebody should have stood up and said, hey, that's our job to make the rules and to make the laws. It's your job to enforce them. And, you know, so you, you hit on that, that, um, you know, without, with the steamship, there's no public hearing and, and stuff like that. Or even look at what's going on today in uh, the, the state house. And, and that is, this talks about another pay raise, but yet the people in the state can't even get the gas tax suspended when they're paying, you know, over four to f- between four and five dollars a gallon for fuel. And it's unbelievable. The state has a big surplus and we can't even get any type of tax relief. Uh, you know, so what do you think about that? Is that something that, you know, you would like to advocate for? Absolutely. I think that that is absolutely abhorrent that Sarah Peak, Julian Sierra and Dylan Fernandez voted against a break for their own people. And that makes everything more expensive. Um, my husband's um, in the trades, and that makes everything more expensive. The trucks just to transport lumber or a plumber to come over the bridge, everything is more expensive. And when you when you make those kind of, you know, the wave of your hand, as Mara Healy, you know, the wave of her hand, um, and no one stands up, that's not right. And I think that we're, there's a new set of Republicans that are coming into Massachusetts now. We have a lot of... Um, ex-Navy vets, Navy SEALs, teachers that have been fired from their jobs, and regular people that understand what it's like to live from day to day and be affected by these politicians that, by, with a wave of the hand, decide our fate and how we're going to be able to support our families. Um, Tim Barry was a, um, a Marine Corps veteran. He did three tours in Afghanistan. He was fired from the state police for not taking the COVID shot against his religious beliefs. He's a Eucharistic minister. And I think that diminishes, when you start to make those sort of uh, decisions that diminishes someone's entire career, their entire way that they support their family, that that's wrong. And I think mm-hmm. that this new set of Republicans is really going to stand up for the people. Yeah. I really hope so. I really hope they do. And uh, there's a lot that needs to be made right. The The train has been running down the tracks for a whole long time without being checked along the way. But uh, Darylin, how can people find you and support your campaign if they choose to do so? They can find me on Facebook, Haywood for State Senate. And enclosed with that is a blog, com, which we will be updating daily or, or weekly as we can. And I haven't yet set up my donation page. That should be set up this week because I just hit 400 certified signatures today. Nice. And I'm hoping to go uh, up on Friday to the State House to officially get on the ballot. And I will definitely be sending out on Facebook and some mailings for all the fabulous people that signed my nomination papers and gave me their ideas and what they hoped a state senator would be looking for, and I hope to be their voice. That's great. So, And that's Haywood, H-E-Y-W-O-O-D, for State Senate on Facebook. And uh, Daryl, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll certainly put into the chat uh, where a link where people can find you and uh, I'm really happy someone is challenging Julian Sear. And so hopefully uh, you're successful in your bid. And thanks for coming in. Thank you. Do we have, do we have time to just say that I, I 100% support uh, the sheriff in being able to detain um, illegal people who are here illegally? And if you have five seconds, I have a little list of some of the 
people that they've yeah, detained. Uh, we have some people that have been detained for a beanie in the daytime, um, a murder, a sexual assault of a child under 14, um, illegally carrying ammunition and body armor, uh, rape of a child with force with three counts, indecent A and B on a 14-year-old child. And I really think that we need to keep these people out of our societies and Julian Sear is against this, and I support it 100%. I believe that policing needs our support as well, and they are a crucial component of keeping us safe here on Cape Cod. Absolutely. The rule of law is very important, and you can't have a safe society if you constantly are letting them out. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us, and that was really good input. Um, Don't forget to check out Date Night every Friday night and Ladies Night on Thursdays or try our Range Experience Package. There's no gun license required for that. And we'll have more after this. This is Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Don't go away. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense, and sometimes even some legal advice. Uh, this segment, we have Keith Langer, the attorney that frequents this show. Keith, how are you today? I'm just fine. How was your open house Saturday? It was fast and furious, no pun intended. It was a very good day. Everybody had a great time. Uh, we gave away some good stuff. A lot of vendors. It was a, it was a win all the way around. Thanks for asking. So, um, it was a, it was a lot of, a lot of fun. Um, 
One of the things that's come up over the last couple of weeks uh, through various questions of listeners, et cetera, et cetera, is one person actually said that his wife was dissuaded by the Boston Police Department, of all people, from applying for her LTC because she mentioned that she was on uh, an antidepressant. Now, I don't think she's been clinically diagnosed as, you know, or adjudicated as me- mentally defective in any way, shape, or form, but she was prescribed an antidepressant. And it raises the question of, like, what does actually preclude you from getting your license and what is your duty or obligation to even report on any of that if there is such a thing? So I figured we'd ask the expert and um, see if you had any advice for people who are applying on what they have to and don't have to disclose. Well, unless she's taking the antidepressant drugs illegally, it's not an issue. And I don't know why she would disclose it, but I'm sure the police department would find an excuse to dissuade her because that's what that department is known to doing. Mm. But the mere fact that you are depressed or even taking an antidepressant is not a statutory criteria, and it's not a question on the application form. Right. So there's no legitimate reason for it being discussed. Sure. No, I agree. I wonder if, you know, maybe there was... So some towns require a sit down with the chief of police or whatever. And, and they ask, I don't know if they ask the question or not, or how it even came up, but what would your suggestion be if you were in that um, discussion, you know, like, again, some towns require you to sit down with the chief or their deputy or whoever's in charge of licensing their designee. And, uh, you know, in the course of discussion, they ask if you're on any antidepressants, what would your suggestion be if that came up? I discuss medical issues with my doctor. Mm. Good answer. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me, I think it's ridiculous that you have to sit down with a chief of police and explain to him why you want to exercise your enumerated right as a U.S. citizen or a resident of the, you know, permanent resident alien. But, you know, here we are. Some towns do require it. Well, if if they're on a general fishing expedition... They're not entitled to be inquiring about that. It's not on the application. It's not one of the enumerated disqualifiers in the statute. Mm. On the other hand, if they were called to your home, you're already behind the eight ball. That's already an immediate red flag. So the question would be like Arlo Guthrie's famous question, kid, have you rehabilitated yourself? Mm. So if they're coming to the house because somebody's drunk and disorderly, or not taking meds they're supposed to and off the wall, something like that. Anything where the police were called to your house, you are going to have to explain it. You'd better have a very cogent, concise reason why they were there and why that is not an issue now. Mm-hmm. And now on, a, on another flip side of the coin, I, I assume it's pretty much the same answer, but uh, we had a question on, Grace Curley show the other day that um, a caller asked if somebody who has been diagnosed as autistic um, has to a you know reveal that or b um, is that a pre qualifier you know to having your license declined or or issued? It's not a pre qualifier or a disqualifier. Okay. 
Um, so now, keep in mind, you've got two standards. You've got the disqualifiers expressly set forth in the statute, 14131. And the only one that's remotely relevant to the discussion is other than illegal drug use, is whether you were committed to a hospital or institution, committed being the operative term, committed being the function of a court. Mm. If you were not committed, if you checked yourself in, then it's not a disqualifier and does not need to be reported. In fact, there are, I think, three cases just in the latest issue of Mass Lawyers Weekly where commitments were overturned because the judge failed to apply the three criteria required for commitment hmm. and instead just rubber-stamped the social worker. Then along, along the same lines, um, if you're sitting down with the interview with the chief and he, for whatever reason, has said, well, here's the deal. I'm not going to issue your license to carry, but I will issue you your FID card. So um, go ahead and, you know, I'll, I'll give you the FID card. At, at that point, can you say, well, I really want my license to carry. So, you know, make him put it in writing that he's actually denying you that. And for what reason? Or I'm sure a lot of people just say, okay, and take the FID card. But is there any pre or is there any uh, disqualifier that could prevent you from getting your license to carry, but could still be issued your uh, FID? Or is it like if you're qualified for one, you should be qualified for both, right? Or the other? Well, the criteria are basically the same. Mm -hmm. So functionally, the question is, should you be allowed to have a gun or not? And Shaving the game with FID cards is silly. Back in the day when the FID card was absolute shall issue, with that language in the statute, the police couldn't play games. And there are a number of people who were denied LTCs but got FID cards because the chiefs could not legally deny them. Mm -hmm. Well, now the chief can go to court and the state conveniently uh, printed up a form for them to do that and asked the judge to deny the FID application. At least when they do that, they have to pay the filing fee, and they nominally, nominally have the burden of proof. If you appeal an LTC denial, it's all on you. Right. Now, the statutory criteria for unsuitability is a determination based upon, one, reliable and credible information, key phrase, reliable and credible information that the applicant has exhibited or engaged in behavior that suggests that if issued a license, they may create a risk to public safety, or existing factors that suggest, merely suggest, that if issued a license, the applicant may create a risk to public safety. So the second section is suggest and may, which is pretty tenuous. Mm. And that's assuming the court actually applies the statutory criteria, whereas they tend to ignore that and still go with the wide latitude, broad discretion, read, complete 
utter and total arbitrary and capricious whim of the chief criteria. Mm. Right. So in the situation you're facing, the question asked the chief is, well, if I'm safe enough to have a gun, I'm safe enough to have a gun. Right. And if I'm not qualified to have an LTC, what makes me any less of a menace to society if I have a shotgun? Now, follow my thinking here. They get all upset over a handgun. Oh, my God, a Glock 17 to hold 17 rounds of ammunition. Nah, 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 nah. Take your basic five-round pump shotgun, which you can buy with an FID card. Right. A standard two-and-three-quarter-inch load of double-aught buck contains nine rounds of thirty-two caliber pellets. So if you've got one in the chamber and five in the tube, which is standard, six times nine is 54. <laughs> so with six pulls of the trigger, you can discharge 54 32 caliber pellets, but they're afraid that you might get a Glock with the pre-banned 25-year-old magazine that holds 17 rounds? Yeah, you're not wrong in your uh, assessment of that, but also, don't give them any ideas, Keith. <laughs> no, well, the tactical thing is, is it worth the appeal at the time, or do you play the long game, take the FID card, and come back in a year and say, well, if I'm safe enough to have a shotgun, how am I not safe enough to have a pistol? And oh, by the way, it's been a year, and still nothing has happened. So what is the excuse for not giving me an LTC now? Mm. You know, I had an interesting discussion with one of the guys running for district attorney here on the Cape, and He's in the DA's office now, and when we were discussing this whole subject matter, and I said, you know, about people who've had an OUI from 17 years old and blah, 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 40 years ago or 30 years ago and being denied, he said it is the intent of the court or the DA's office, if you will, that they do not unduly encumber and restrict people who have kind of paid their debt to society, and he suggested in some cases actually requesting a new trial of an old uh, thing that didn't go your way. Um, and he said that they look very favorably upon that. Um, and I don't know if that is a universal truth here in our state or just in our, you know, area of the Cape, but he said they, they do restore people's rights a lot who have requested new trials for something that didn't go their way back in the day, or they took some plea agreement that, you know, restricted them from owning guns down the road without their, and they didn't realize it at the time. You know what I mean? Uh, have you had any success in, in doing that with clients? Well, generally that's what would you go to the firearms license for you board for mm -hmm. uh, before, of course, it tucked tail and ran away because ATF issued a mere memo that said it was not going to recognize the actions by a duly created state board affecting a duly created state license. Right. Now supposedly they're still now they are supposedly holding hearings again, but I don't know if they're actually holding substantive hearings or they're holding mere hearings because by law they're required to and mm. then say that, well we find you suitable, but we can't issue the 
the relief because the ATF says it can't. Mm. I haven't heard anything about what the SLRB is doing now. So if it is still doing effectively nothing to meet its statutory obligation, then you would have to go with the motion for a new trial. But with that, you've got to prove that there was a major impediment at the original trial. And how much opposition you want to get from the state depends on what ADA you're dealing with. Hmm. Well, it's a also constant judge. battle. <laughs> yeah, true. It's a constant battle for our, to, for our rights here in Massachusetts. And thanks again, Keith, for being with us. As always, uh, we really appreciate your insight. We have, a sp- have a good week, all. You too. We have a special treat for the women listening. May is Lady Shooters Month here at Cape Gunworks, and we have a special First Shots course for ladies only. If you've been thinking about getting your license, you would like to try shooting for the first time, go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar to sign up for a ladies only First Shots May 7th and the 21st. We will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2,300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back, everyone. I want to thank attorney Keith Langer for joining us in that prior segment and also jumping in on the chat line here to correct me when I said that Maura Healy, um, I'm sure, was just following her, you know, enforcing the laws as she thought it was written. But I forgot to add the air quotes because I know how ridiculous that is. And he made a poignant observation here saying that Healy was not interpreting the law as she understood it, which was my words, um, which I would have normally done in air quotes. 
that is obvious. First, she announced it in a letter to the Boston Globe. Second, she inverted over two decades of settled statutory definitions in their application while posturing at the scene of the Pulse nightclub massacre just prior to the Democrat convention in hopes of being swept up in the Hillary ascension. And I agree with all of those observations, Keith, and uh, definitely think that it would be foolish to say that she thought the country was getting it wrong for 10 solid years and then the rest of the state got it wrong for another whatever, eight years or six or seven years, whatever it was. Uh, And all of a sudden she had the epiphany and knew what was originally intended by this law and therefore she was going to enforce it under its strict scrutiny or whatever the heck she used as, you know, her. And the worst part of the whole thing was that the fact that the legislation, the legislator, uh, legislators went along with it and said, yes, Herhili, uh, you are right. You did very well and created new law for us to stay completely uh neutered if you will we we obviously can't do our own job and now you're doing it for us thank you very much for doing our job and then even the governor said hey uh (laughs) good job i'm not going to do anything about this and the courts went along with it too instead of saying wait a minute here you're way outside the lines of your jurisdiction by and then a lower then a court even upheld it and said oh yeah she kind of was just um, enforcing laws that are already on the book. It's like, what? How can you say that? So here we are. But the good news is I know a lot of people think that she is the shoe in and I don't agree with that. I know she's definitely got a little bit of rock star status here in Massachusetts. But if we can shine the light of truth and show people that she is a gun control advocate, then I feel she will be doomed to fail. That's the hope that I live with. And we have good precedent of that taking place uh, with Luther Scott Harshbarger running a campaign on banning the second amendment, banning second, uh, banning semi-automatic weapons. And he went down in flames Hopefully, if we can make this issue or this election, you know, and really show people how far she has restricted their right to keep and bear arms. And I love it when someone who is really not a, not really political, number one, number two, wasn't a gun owner until the last couple of years comes in and like they've they've had their head in the sand for, I don't know, five years, six years since uh, Healy banned semi-automatic uh guns that are common and ordinary in use called like the AK-47 AR-15. And they come in, they've bought a couple of handguns. Now they're like, yeah, now I want to get me one of them AR-15s for home defense and for a fun range gun. I shot one of my buddies and all of a sudden I'm like, I hate to break it to you, but we got one of those 1986 Colt Sporters on the rack that's $3,000 or you can have something other than an AR-15. They look at me like, you're, you're kidding, right? The AR-15 is like the gun everybody talks about. Everyone else has them. Why can't I have one? 
like, well, because you live behind the Iron Curtain, and I'm sorry. Uh, this, <laughs> unfortunately, is the way it is in Massachusetts. Don't forget, you can call or text the show, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Please include your first name, location, and your question. You can text or call in, 508-444-2120. If we don't answer your question during the show, we'll get to you next time. But speaking of questions, we are going to go right back to the chat here because I've been having guests and opining and talking on and on, and I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing me drivel on and you want some answers to the question. So here we go. Um, let's see. Uh, Jim is wondering if any five, seven ammo came in and unfortunately not. That's uh, still unobtainium these days. And I had a chance to buy some the other day that I passed on because it was it would have cost me more than the retail going rate of it. And I'm sick of being, you know, people, I saw a, uh, somebody comment on a Facebook forum the other day that I am a member of. And, you know, I don't know if it was geared towards me or our shop. It is a local forum. And somebody said, remember all the gun shops that are gouging people over the last two years. And, um, when things return to normal, don't give them your business. And I didn't say anything, but I was like, geez, you know, when 9mm reached 30 bucks a box, we made less on it in some cases than when it was ten ninety nine a box. So we certainly weren't gouging. And meanwhile, online, they're charging 50 to 70 to... I think at one point I saw a box of nine millimeter go for $80 online. That's gouging. No doubt about it. And so my, and so it was like, you know, we've passed on being able to buy certain ammo just because of the price. I don't want to be that guy that's charging those prices. It's ridiculous. And every box that we have bought, you know, that we sell, even the ones that are on the high side is because we felt it was more important to actually have it than not have it. And anyway, so I've said all that to say this, that just because the prices are high doesn't mean everyone along the way is gouging. There is a certain market condition that is the perfect storm that has created this horrific uh, situation, if you ask me that it was entirely preventable. Um, and, you know, here we are living with it in this day and age. Uh, and I, I didn't jump in because I don't think the guy was directing it at us anyway, but it's like, you know, I don't want to be that guy. He that doth protest too much. You know what I mean? I know we aren't, so it's like I just let it go. So, um, And if you use the promo code, you'll get 10% off. So there you go. Uh, uh, some shameless plug there shotgun all one word is the promo code and air guns and such was having a hard time getting it to work but we tested it on our end and it seems to be working so refresh your browser and try again Um, a lot of people were answering the question i asked earlier about the timing of the leaks uh 
with the Supreme Court, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Matt says he can only afford stuff when we have crazy deals like on Friday. And I told him he needs to get a gun fund going. So spare change, loose change, round up. I don't know what you got to do, but you got to do something, Matt, to, uh, you know, make sure that your gun budget is uh, well-funded so that you can keep some stuff headed your way. <laughs> uh, I know um, that some people uh, have the, the gun fund that they keep. I used to keep it in a sock, you know, in the sock drawer. And uh, it was my Ben Franklin account for my ah! for guns. And at some point, you had to get a little creative. And I'm not trying to out myself here, but um, I remember leaving for work a couple times with an empty gun case and coming home with it full. And I'm sorry, honey, if you're listening. Uh, those days are over, though. Now I buy, you know, <laughs> gun collections without her knowledge. But... Uh, Anyway, I'm just saying, and I'm not trying to say you should sneak or learn the gun sneak, uh, but, you know, sometimes sometimes you need to do what you got to do. And uh, <laughs> uh, But if you have that private gun fund or the sock or the Ben Franklin account between the mattresses, whatever you got to do, Matt, I don't know if you could create a, a GoFundMe. I think I still think I'm on to something there with we do a gun-related GoFundMe, like Hey guys, I'm saving up for that new Barrett rifle. Could you throw me ten bucks and help out the cause? And I think people would be receptive to that. Like I'll donate ten bucks to the poor guy who's trying to save up for a Barrett. You know what I mean? And uh, maybe someone will throw ten bucks in my kitty jar someday. And uh, that's the way it goes. I I don't know. I'm, am I on to something here or what? Or is this just like buy your own gun, pal? Shut up and you know don't don't hit me up for any money. <laughs> And Chris is saying that we're all going to end up in room 101 when I was talking about the uh, Ministry of Truth arresting us for our uh, disinformation or misinformation, as they like to call it, too. So it isn't government-sanctioned information being spread. So if it isn't government-sanctioned, maybe you'll be interrogated, but uh, we'll all end up in room 101, yeah, getting sweat out by the singing director of disinformation, the singing, uh, you know, and I said this on the Grace Curley show, I seriously felt like I was living in the Hunger Games, like that was the lady that, you know, uh, may the odds be ever in your favor, you know, <laughs> the, the the disinformation uh, minister of truth here is, you know, I expect her to walk out with her crazy lipstick and her crazy ruffled dress in like some uh, neon blue hair or something in high heels looking like Cruella de Phil saying, you know, that is not government authorized speech. You will now participate in this year's Hunger Games. You are from Section G and you will be competing to the death with primitive instruments of war. Anyway, I'll stop trying to pretend I'm any voice that's recognizable because I know (laughs) how bad it is. All right, so, uh, and Gun Website was talking about uh, what I was saying in Hawaii. uh, Factor in the low number of gun shops and the number of islands in Hawaii, it gets even worse for them to attempt to comply with all the infringements. And yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's, It's pretty unfortunate and hopefully we'll see some good headway we got the uh, Supreme Court decision coming up with uh, New York State Pistol and Rifle 
club versus Bruin, and hopefully that will, um, you know, come to fruition soon. We'll see some headway in that, and I, I, I think we're all hopeful that that'll be a landmark case, the first gun case in over 10 years to be heard by the Supreme Court. So there you have that. Uh, Fun with a Gun says, Hey, Toby, hey, all great guest, and thank you for your service, ma'am. I will tell Darylin that you thank her for her service next time I see her. And uh, anyway, um, there you have it. Another show in the bag. But you want to stick around and stay tuned after the show. We got another episode of Toby Takes on the World against Rob Pincus, who is a phenomenal shooter and firearms trainer. So we had a fun Toby Takes on the World. You'll have to stay tuned for that. So the show is ending here as uh, all good things come to an end. But thank you for tuning in. And remember, this show goes on forever at capegunworks.com. You can listen to past episodes, catch up on everything you missed, cure insomnia, and everything else. Call in the rapid fire line, 508-444-2120. If you want your question to be answered on the air, you can leave a message. You can also text 508-444-2120. Make sure you guys keep up the good fight. Support your local gun clubs and your gun advocates. Be a gun advocate in your community. Do a good job of putting on a responsible base of gun ownership. Take someone new to the range. Show someone how fun it is. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless, and we'll see you next week on Rapid Fire.